Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I still remember one of my coaches uh, gave me the best advice I ever heard. He said, once you make your decision, never look back. So if you decide to leave school, don't look back on it. Don't ever say like, oh, I wish I could have went back or don't mm-hmm. say like, you know, maybe I should have went back. He said, it's the same thing if you go back to school. You know, don't look halfway through your season and say, man, I should have left. I should have went, went to the league. He said, don't, whatever you do, don't look back. Welcome to 94 and More, presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol-studio.com and follow us on Instagram at Bristol Studio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. And today is a special day because Vic Law is back. Yes, sir. It's about time to get it wrapped up. And today our guest is Miles Boykins. Thanks for joining the show, Miles. Uh, Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. What has everything been like for you in these last few months? Man, kind of just uh, trying to relax a little bit, get my body back in recovery after the season, obviously. But uh, it's kind of crazy because now, like, you know, people normally taking vacations on the NFL, but we can't because of COVID. So uh, really just honing in, man, and just grinding, getting ready for this next uh, season. So the are league... you in uh, Chicago or are you in Baltimore? No, I'm in Baltimore now. Does the league not allow, they're not allowing you guys to take any vacations? It's not that they're not allowing us to take vacations. It's just that we kind of can't right now because of COVID. I mean, not a lot of people are traveling. You know, got you. I'm talking about going out of the country and stuff. So, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. got you, got you, got you. So it's not something that the league is like mandating uh, right, with right. you guys. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about what that last season was like uh, for you? Kind of that whole experience of, of playing a full season during a pandemic. Yeah, it was uh, it was hectic. I think we probably only had fans for about four or five games, uh, getting tested every single day. I was tested every day from like August till. January, late January, mm-hmm. maybe even into February. But uh, yeah, I was being tested every single day. Uh, never had COVID. I had to sit out. Uh, I was actually like a close contact. So I had to sit out for five days. Ended mm-hmm. up not having it, but I didn't practice the whole week. I just did virtual meetings and then showed up on game day and played. It's just, it was kind of crazy and uh, how everything went. You know, halfway through the season, then we had to start doing virtual meetings. Uh, we weren't allowed in the facility unless we were practicing. Uh, all of our meals we had to take pretty much to go. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was just crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, it's over with. Hopefully we can be back in there and uh, mm-hmm. people getting the vaccines and stuff, hopefully, you know, starts uh, getting better. Are you fully vaccinated? No, I'm halfway. I got, I got two more weeks. And I, oh, and I should yeah, no. I, I'd be interested to hear how you, uh, how you react to that second shot. I've had kind of half and half people telling me that it hit them like a ton of bricks. And some people are just like, you know, it's fine. Obviously, being in Australia, the uh, rollout over here really isn't too high. And there's no COVID here, so people aren't really jumping out to, to get it so as much as America. But uh, I'm, I'm anxiously excited about getting the vaccine when I come back home. Yeah, man. I think 
it's crazy because like you said, like you out in Australia and y'all not even dealing with it. You said it right. is what it is. So mm-hmm. it's crazy to me to even think that y'all just living like a regular lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, man. the first the first day kind of week I got here, um, I went to all their malls, like if you want to go grocery shopping or anything, no superstores here, right? Just kind of just you you kind of do everything individually. Like you want to go grocery shopping, there's a grocery store or a market. You want to get electronics, you gotta go to an electronic store, there's no target. Walmart. There is a Target, but it's just like Home Goods and you know, kind of other stuff. It's not really like as you know big. So we went to some huge mall, and uh, and this is me just getting off the plane, get out of the quarantine hotel, and it's packed. Like people are are walking around, no mask. You see people in in the like restaurants, like shoulder to shoulder, eating burgers, <laughs> sharing drinks. It's just it was kind of wild to me. Like I'm I'm in I'm walking around with my gym and I got my mask on. And he's like. You you can take that off if you want. I'm like, nah, nah I think I I think I'm all right. I think I'll be okay until I get back. It's gonna take me some time to get used to this. Yeah, and I've I've been in California, so I've seen like total lockdown for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy, like start to start to feel California open up. And like that's one of those things that you just definitely didn't see happening. And it's kind of hard to imagine that we've gotten to this point where like we're finally, you know, places are taking down those glass walls that they have when you pick up your food, like. Um, you're able to now not wear your mask like when you're walking outside so mm-hmm. it's it's been crazy but I want to go back to um, what you were talking about your your day-to-day experience how tough was that for you you know being such a being an athlete you have such a, a routine that you've practiced for so long uh, how much did that affect your routine did it throw you off at all having to add these new protocols into your yeah. routine uh, it probably took me two to three weeks to get into the swing of things because like I said like I have to wake up earlier now to go get tested. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like knocking my routine off. Then I have to, you know, be spaced out from people when I'm in the facility. And then we had to wear these like mesh things, like these mesh, like masks while we mm-hmm. practiced. And that was, I couldn't breathe in it, man. Like it, it was, it was terrible. But the, the whole thing, the whole thing for me was just that, you know, whatever, whatever I had to do to get through the season, you know, I was willing to do, you know, I, I'll right. complain about it later, but uh, that was the most important thing. As long as we had a season, that's what, that's what I wanted. Like I said, towards the back end, we started having fans and things were looking mm-hmm. better. Um, hopefully, you know, things just, we kind of get a, a hold on things so we can play. I mean, I, I just want to be able to yeah. have fans. It was crazy. Like playing a game with no, no fans. Right? <laughs> it's really ridiculous. Why? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. What was that like when you ran out there for the first time and you looked around and you're like, Oh, it's dead quiet. There's nobody here. See, that's the thing. I thought I would, I really thought it would be worse than what it was. The only time it's bad okay. is during warmups when you warmed mm-hmm. up and there's nobody like there's you got music playing, but there's no crowd. It's just like, wow, like, we're really in an empty state. Because once the game starts, you locked in. Like, I don't care what yeah, you yeah. say. Like, Vic, you could probably agree with that. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, once it's going, like you're going. Court. Yeah. Once you're playing, you're playing. It don't matter. But what something was different in the NBA was, um, I don't know if the NFL did this. I guess you can kind of talk to this. But the NBA tried to, I'm sure you saw the tweets. They tried to put in, like, sound effects from 2K. They did, you mm-hmm. know, the virtual boards around the court where, like, family and friends and fans could sit in like on zoom and watch so you, so it, it was like weird right but you still had like faces watching and stuff mm-hmm. um and then on top of that they would like play music in different like periods of the game to like get energy in there and then they would try to like just pump in these automated like chants and and applause i guess it was kind of weird but like i guess that was just like the norm that we had to get used to yeah no we uh they, they had certain rules so like we could they could play music and stuff but they couldn't mm-hmm. play fan noise they couldn't pump in like crowd noise unless there were actually fans there. Mm-hmm. So if there's a certain amount of fans there, then they could pump it in. But if there was no fans mm-hmm. there, they couldn't pump it in. Then it just had to be quiet. Yeah, it just had to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs>
how does that look for you? Like when you guys are, um, cause I know for me, like a big part of last year when I was in the bubble, our coach is telling us like, you know, being a professional, like this is going to be even more of you guys having to motivate yourselves to kind of go out there and play. And I know last year, last year was your rookie season, right? No, last, last year was my second. It was my second year. Second year. Even still just being a young guy, I know like it's still kind of your role and, and kind of like excitement is still there, right? Like you're still just juiced to like be on the field and have this huge, you know, accomplishment and blessing. Um, but how does that look for the locker room, especially like with older guys trying to prepare themselves and get hyped to play with no kind of buzz or energy around the stadium? Uh, I mean, the thing about it really is, and I'm sure you could attest to this, is just like, you know, I was on a team with professionals. Like, that's our job. So yeah. if you got a job getting hyped to play your play your sport, then odds are you probably shouldn't be playing anyways. But like I said, right. the hardest part was warm-ups. And, you know, warm-ups are warm-ups anyways. Was, as soon as the game started, everybody was locked in. Everybody was pumped up. Uh, what? You know, that's how I always saw it. Because I I, even when the stadium is packed, like during games, I'm locked in. I don't even realize them anyways. Yeah. So it's just nice to have, yeah. like, you go to the bench and sit down. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah. What about in terms of like your own, you know, we talked about a little bit about your preparation and how the protocols started to, to affect that. But what about for you working to, you know, create cement yourself in the league in your second year and to grow from your first year? Uh, how difficult was that to then focus on yourself when there's so much else going on outside of the sport, so much else starting to creep into the sport, um, just so much going on in the world during that time? Yeah, to, to be honest, for me, it made it easier just because I didn't have like an outside distraction, if that makes sense. So we weren't staying in the bubble. So I knew like I had, I couldn't just be doing, you know, going to the grocery store or doing like crazy stuff like that, going out on weekends. I literally had nothing to do, but like sit in my house and study my playbook and just go over stuff. I go to the facility and back and that's it. I guess it was kind of a blessing in disguise in one way, because, you know, it just really allowed me to focus on stuff where before, you know, I might've been, you know, Oh, I'm gonna go chill with a teammate tonight. Or, you know, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm going to have my parents out to come visit me or my brother, you know, yeah. I have to worry about us. I was just all locked in on, on, on the game. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the beautiful thing, right? It, it was such a, there was so much bad stuff happening that if there was any way to kind of really think about it and find something good in it, like a silver lining, um, something to build from that that's really important. But I want to go back to, you know, your early days. Was this the dream was being an NFL player, something that you always hoped for? Uh, no, I, I wanted to play basketball. Basketball is my sport. That's my, that was my first love. I think it's probably everybody's first love. But that was yeah. Part. I played against Vic a couple of times, man. And like, oh, yeah. I, it's crazy because <laughs> it's crazy because I could hold my own because I was athletic and stuff. But like, yeah, when I got to playing like them boys. Like I could have played. I could have played in college. Nowhere near the level that y'all was playing at. But like I played against Vic and like most other people, like I said, I could guard. Like to me, like when we played y'all, like I would have rather guard guard Charles and guard you because at least like I was close to his height and like I could contest his shot but like, right. bro, like I had my hand in your face but you still shooting <laughs> there was, was nothing I could do about the situation there's nothing I could do about it and I'm I'm not short bro I'm six four there's just nothing I could do about the situation yeah so uh not, no but Jake let me I tell you about Miles Miles in high school <laughs> let me tell you man he went to uh Providence and when I tell you when we every time we play Providence we'd be like just stop Boykin if we don't do nothing else, just stop him. He he and alone alone like by himself was a problem. They always had a chance in the game just because of him. So he's yeah. being a little modest, saying you know he, he couldn't have played. I think he could have. You probably could have played pretty high D one had you kept just stuck with basketball, um, just because you were that talented. But 
you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that uh, you chose football and it's gotten you where you, you know, you've, you've gotten to. Absolutely. But no, like I said, bro, I love basketball. I love playing against y'all too. We, we ain't beat you until you left. So I, 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 can't, <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't pull that out, but no, like, yeah, like I said, I love basketball. I still watch basketball to this day, man. Uh, but you know, I like tons of respect. Cause obviously I played against guys like you and I know how hard it is to make yeah. it to that level and be productive on that level. And that's why, you know, I love basketball. It was, just, it was my first sport. So what was it that made you focus on football? You just kind of got to a place where you you felt like that was your better you know chance of of having a professional career um, and pursuing something outside of school was through the through the NFL and through football. Yeah, I, I was just honestly I was just better at it, and I love football too. Don't get me wrong; it's just basketball yeah. was my first sport, so that's always what I you know was attached to. And then when I started really like learning how to play football, it just became my best sport, and so I rode with it, and you know the rest is history. What um what so, so even even like we're going back to like I'm talking about uh potty training and little tight rooms <laughs> when, when you first were um getting into sports right and, and you're, you're learning basketball football what what do you like what would you say like like think, dreaming right and envisioning it all what was like your your first welcoming into basketball and welcoming into football like how did you even say like this is what I want to do or this is what I want to try uh, so ever since I could remember, it was always, I, I, like I said, I started with basketball. My dad was a football player, but I started mm-hmm. off playing basketball. My dad didn't want me to play football. So, uh, you know, I still remember like my mom, you know, I'd be like in the basement. I make my mom like flicker the lights and I come like running down the stairs and she <laughs> announced my name and stuff like that. And I'm playing on yeah. a tight rim with my older brother. And, uh, that's probably my earliest memory of basketball. But ever since then, like I said, I had been playing basketball and then, you know, I got a little bit older. And I see all my, like all my boys playing football and I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to play football. I want to play football. My dad's like, no, nah, you can wait till high school. And finally, you know, my parents just caved and they let me play. And then I turned out to be good at that, too. So then it was just between those two, which one I wanted to play. Right. So more. how old were you when you first started playing football? I was fifth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. And I was actually, bro, it's crazy. I was actually on the B team in fifth grade. They put me on the B team. <laughs> but I've never played football before, so I didn't really take it as disrespect at the time. But yeah. My team was so good. They took us out of the B league and put us in the A team, like, like A team playoffs. There you go. <laughs> Hey, you, that's probably a chip. That's the chip you carry with you, I'm sure. Oh, it, yeah, man. I was on a B team in fifth grade, man. I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so, that so yeah. Funny. So take us take us through like more of that through you know high school playing both sports, um, and then kind of how you got into the college recruiting process and kind of what that whole experience was like for you. Yeah, uh, shoot, I was always playing AAU over the summer. Um, I'm actually shocked I didn't play you. Vic, what AAU team was you on? You was older anyway, so you probably man. Let me tell you, when I was when I was young, started off on the South <laughs> Cook Jaguars, then I was on the South Suburban Magic, and uh, on the, both of those teams, you know, you're playing almost shirts and skins. I I, I am not even going to show you, you know, you just kind of playing just to have fun. But when I was in about seventh grade, seventh to sixteen, you, I was uh, Mac Irvin Fire. Okay, yeah. So I played against Mac Irvin, but I didn't play. I didn't play. I never played against your team because you was you was on the older team. But then when I was like my I want to say like my freshman or sophomore year, they asked me to play for Mac Irvin. And my mom, like this is when this honestly, this is when I realized that I wasn't going to play basketball. Because my mom mm-hmm. sat me down and she said, like, if you do this, because like the people who I've been playing with, I've been playing with like my boys from like. Yeah, you just play your friends, right? Yeah, I been. we were good. I mean, don't get, we, they all went to Providence. So that's why we had chemistry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But my mom said, like, listen, if you do this, you have to play basketball because you just you leaving your friends. And if you go play for Mac Irvin, you know, those are people that want to play in college. So don't do mm-hmm. that. If, you, if you're not going to play in college then don't do that. And so that's why I decided to stick with my boys and just, you know, play. I, we still played against good teams. We played against, 
Mean Streets, Mac Irvin, all them, yeah. and just like I said, I had a blast when I was competitive with it too. But yeah, at the end of the day, I, I knew I wanted to play football. So it's interesting I, that you say that because probably you 100 of right. Had you had you gone with Mac Irvin, I mean, you would have went on like who like net, you know EYBL circuit. Colleges would have seen you, and it, it would have like opened doors to for you to you that have been like, all right, if basketball really is your love, all right, here's your avenue to really chase your dreams. So, you know, props to mom for uh, coming in there and saying, look, man, if this, go- if this is what you want to do, this is what I'm going to do. She knew it, man. She knew it. Because I was like, oh, this is dope. Like, Mac Irvin. Like, that's all you hear about growing up. I'm sure yeah. you have the same. Like, you no, for, the for same sure. Yeah. I was like, that, man. I'm, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all my boys, they're going to hate me. Now, my boys wouldn't hate me. Like, they just want to be happy for me, see me succeed, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Right. At the end of the day, I was like, no, nah, I just I couldn't do it. So that Even still, they probably right. would have still been hooping with you, man. It's all, it's all love. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> True. So that kind of led you into that space of, of taking football more seriously and, you know, approaching it for college. What was that recruiting process like for you? Did you have a bunch of teams that you were looking at? Did you have one team in mind that you'd always kind of thought, hey, if, if I do consider college football, this is the program? Uh, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, uh, growing up, I loved Michigan State. Like, I always loved Michigan State. I love their uniforms. I love everything. They was they was winning winning the Rose Bowl when I was like, I think like my freshman sophomore year. So like I always mm-hmm. loved Michigan State. It was like one of the first schools to recruit me like my freshman year. And so finally, I went up to go visit. I loved it. Um, that that's probably my second. My actually my first visit was Northwestern. That was my first college visit. Okay. Then after that, I went to Michigan State. <laughs> Vic shaking his head. I'm not even gonna ask what happened with that one. I'm not even gonna ask. I'm not gonna ask because I because I because I should have I should have known then because I would have tried to sell you on it. Oh, don't they ain't offer me? So you ain't, you ain't had to say oh, that's, oh. that's probably my biggest. Like, I hate Northwestern just for that reason. Northwestern <laughs> okay. football, I should say. I, yeah. I no, fair I enough, fair enough. Yeah. But so I, I go to Michigan State, I loved it there. And then I go to Illinois. And then, like, towards the end of my like sophomore year, Illinois offered me. Then after that, Michigan State called me, like, I think after like my first game of my junior year, and they offered me. And then a bunch of other schools came up. But as soon as Michigan State offered me, that was pretty much my team all the way through. And then, yeah. Notre Dame, I didn't even like Notre Dame. My quarterback did, and he said he wanted to go visit and check it out. So I said, whatever, man. If you drive, like, we can go do this. So <laughs> went down there, it's freezing. And I love Notre Dame, too. Still, man, like, Michigan State's still my top. And I have been to Florida, been to Missouri, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, like, all these other places. Like I said, Michigan State is still my favorite. And so probably with, like, a week left in my recruiting, I took a visit to Michigan State one last time and then Notre Dame one last time. And then I switched my mind literally – probably about two days after visiting Notre Dame for the last time and said, yeah, this, this is where I want to be. What, what led to that switch? What was it? If you recall? Uh, I think just maturity. Uh, I started maturing and thinking, you know, there's a lot more I could do going to Notre Dame if I don't go to the NFL. So it was more mm-hmm. about the degree and, and just the school. And I know Vic can talk about that too, man. That's why you choose Northwestern, like shoot, yeah. you know, when, when the day you're done playing basketball, bro, you, you got a connection, you got people that can help you out. You got a network. So that's, that was my biggest thing when I when I chose Notre Dame. Yeah. And what were your yeah. uh, what was your kind of favorite experience going to Notre Dame? Like what what is one of the takeaways you would say Notre Dame kind of taught you and that you're still applying today? Uh, honestly, going going to Notre Dame it made me comfortable around any anybody. Like I feel like I could step into a room and have a conversation with anybody. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's so many people that are there that are just you don't even know who they are until you're talking to them. There's right. you know like right. governors kids there there's billionaires kids there like you really don't even know who you're talking to until like you sit down and have a conversation with them that's why I felt like 
uh, it was huge for me just because not even a confidence builder, but at the same time, like we, we look at sports and say, okay, we can compete on any level in sports. Mm-hmm. But then now I have that confidence that I can step out of sports and, you know, compete on any level in them too. Like I'm going to school mm-hmm. with some of the smartest kids in the country, just like you are. And, you know, we taking the same classes, we doing the same things. And so for me, it was just, you know, being able to realize that I can really compete in anything that I put my mind to. All right. What were your interests there outside of sports? What were you studying? Marketing. Some of the courses you were taking. Marketing. Yeah, yeah. I graduated in marketing. Yeah. Did you have a specific angle uh, in marketing that you were, you were interested in that kind of led you down that path? Or, or were you kind of just generally interested in the, in the idea of a, a marketing yeah. you know, profession? Yeah, I used to want to do a sports marketing. And then okay. took a couple of classes on it. And I didn't really like that. I'd rather do a yeah. product marketing that's like with sports. Yeah. Like, when I'm done playing football, like I want to be done, you know. <laughs> really would like yeah. <laughs> really with sports but i could do stuff like like if i work for like gatorade nike like under like stuff like that mm-hmm. i could do like that's that's easier for me to rather than like working for a team and doing sports marketing that makes sense what what is it about that that kind of you know turns you off from the idea man it's just it's just a lot that goes into it i didn't realize how much work sports yeah. marketing actually is rather than you know and plus like my whole life is sports now that's what mm-hmm. i've been doing for 24 years yeah so, I feel like when I'm done with it, I just want to try something new. You know, I could always go back into sports if I want to, but at least to start off with, I wouldn't want to be in it. That makes a ton of sense. But I was, I'm just like that. But I would say, so you're telling me, even if you have a, let's say you have a star-studded son playing football, you're not going to coach? No, see, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm for sure. I would for sure want to coach. coach, man. I'm for sure coach. I, I want to coach <laughs> the basketball team. I don't know if I want to coach his football team though, because oh, okay. bro, imagine imagine being a coach and bro, like having like an assistant coach that's trying to tell you to do something like, bro, you didn't play in the league. How are you gonna tell me <laughs> something that you don't know about? Bro? Like you gonna yeah. feel that way if you coaching your son playing basketball? Right. At a certain level, you just gotta. I feel like I just gotta stop. I coach basketball all the way through, but mm-hmm. if football, I gotta stop at some point. Yeah, I think with basketball, I told, I was just telling my dad like. If, if I have kids that play basketball, I cannot be like the parent that's just way too involved because I, I just know how I am. Like, I'm going to get like, I know I'm going to see them getting trained. I'm like, that's so nah, nah, I'm just going to sit back, let them learn and just uh, help where I can. But I'm not going to be I'm not going to be too into it because like, like you said, once I'm done with basketball, my life has been so just intertwined with sport, with the injuries and all the commitment and like just time is taken. I love it. But once I'm done, like I just want to put pour everything I got into it, and when I'm done, I'm just done. Like I don't, I don't want to have to feel like I'm just still attached to it throughout everything. Straight up, straight up. That's the best way to you, put it, man. Yeah, you say it now, but I have a feeling that it's going to be a lot tougher once you are removed from the game. Once you do get away from it for the first time in your life, it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be weird because it's such a a huge part of your identity. You know, it's something that's dominated. You know, for both of you guys, it's something that really dominates your life that I imagine it'll be an interesting transition once it's no longer, you know, the center at center stage. See, it's funny to me that you say that because I don't have, and I wonder if Vic feels the same, because I feel like people who go to schools like that, like you go to Northwestern, like Stanford, Notre Dame, but you go to school like that. For me, when I'm done playing football, I'm not nervous about like what my transition is going to be like. Cause I like, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm going to be doing what I want to do, not Mm -hmm. what I have to do. You're right. So when I'm totally. done playing, it's not going to be, I mean, I don't know what the transition will be. I'm sure it's going to be hard, but of course, it's like almost like I'm eager to start the rest of like my life and like seeing what else <laughs> yeah. I try something about. different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I mean, you said you, you both sought out programs that set you up in more ways than one. So you weren't reliant on just the sport yeah. aspect of your college experience. 
you had a, you know, you had both, you had the classroom, the education, and you also had the on the field experience. Right. Exactly. That's, that's what, that's, that's pretty much what it is. That's why I'm not, you know, I wouldn't say concerned, but I just like, yeah. I bring on like the next chapter of my life, you know? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a blessing, right? Like I feel like, and, and even maybe not so much as Notre Dame, right? Cause Notre Dame football is known for being a, a powerhouse, but when you go to a school like Notre Dame, Northwestern, Stanford, Harvard, like any school with a good academic backing and you, then you're blessed on top of that to make it to a professional level, right? Like you go, you go, you exit that level with a certain security that you're like, you know, I'm now, now the kind of the world is my oyster type of thing, right? Like you already have, you have the degree, you played your sport and now you're not like pressed or worried. Like, Oh, I just gotta, I gotta find a job right now. And so Jake, when you say like, it's interesting that you yeah. say without sport is going to be kind of, you know, it, it definitely will be a culture shock for a little bit, right? Like even being yeah. hurt right now without being able to touch a ball or do stuff like it's weird to me, but I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited too, to like be done, kind of have a family, like not have to coach or like just worry about like, yeah. like I got to just wake up at seven and, and lift or play so well yeah. all the time. Like I can just relax and take a deep breath. And I, and it's, it's funny. Cause I look at my dad who's retired now who played, and I'm just like, how can you just sit on that couch and not and just watch TV all day? And I'm telling you now that I'm in Australia and I'm I'm like I'm I'm this close, like being like I'm ready to come home to see my family. I understand it now because I can't wait to go, go back to my house and sit on the couch and just relax. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you on that, man. I feel you on that. <laughs> but Miles, so can you take us through a little bit more about? you know, you're on the field experience at Notre Dame, what those, uh, what that was like, how long you were there um, and just kind of what led up to your decision to go pro. Yeah. I, uh, I registered my freshman year, um, which we were, we were loaded at receiver my freshman year. We had Will Fuller, we had Corey Robinson, Tory Hunter. We had some really, we had a really good team my freshman year, which I mean, it's crazy. Like, it's, that's just part of the transition. So like, of course yeah. like, I was mad, you know, trying to figure out what I could do to get better, just grinding uh my sophomore year I broke my finger like a day before no like a week before our first game so I ended up playing the whole season well actually okay I gotta I gotta walk it back even more after my <laughs> freshman year spring sp spring ball freshman yeah. year I broke my yeah. finger whatever I had surgery and then I finished spring ball finally I get a, you know I'm 100% back then during camp going into like my sophomore year so right before the season I broke my finger again on the same, the same finger, the same hand, it was just like a little bit higher up because I had three screws still on my finger. Yeah. So now I can't, I don't have to get surgery this time though, but I can't bend my finger. So I'm playing the whole season with <laughs> a broken finger. Which is so, insane. Crazy. As a receiver and you got to catch the ball. I'm sure every time that ball was thrown your way, like it's hard to not think about it. I'm sure the adrenaline helps, but still, you know, you're playing with a broken finger. Absolutely, man. Play with, two fingers taped the whole sophomore year. So it is what it is. You know, that's adversity. I was going to play through it regardless. Uh, yeah. So then my junior year comes, we get a whole new, we, we get a whole new staff on the offensive side of the ball. So we get a staff, the staff brings in, uh, he brings in some uh, transfers and pretty much like the whole spring I had been starting, you know, and then he brings in these transfers and then transfers get here in uh, July or whatever. And then we go to camp and then they're starting now. 
And so like, I'm sitting there like thinking like, damn, like I didn't even get a chance to, you know, prove what I could do when I'm fully healthy and you just brought in transfers, which I get it. That's part of the game. You bring in transfers, they got to play. You know, you can't bring a transfer to sit on the bench. It don't make sense. So for me, it was just more about being attentive every day, doing what I could. You know, I'd still play, but it wasn't, you know, the type of playing time I wanted. I wasn't making an impact the way I, the way I knew I could and the way I wanted. Right. And so, you know, probably three-fourths of the season, people start getting hurt. Um, I'm back to playing more. I'm back to playing more. I'm playing well. And then the bowl game comes. We got only three receivers for the bowl game. Everybody else is hurt. So this is going to be the first time I'm actually, like, starting for Notre Dame. Yeah, with all that pressure, too. Yeah, against LSU. The lights on, the bright lights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it's – Perfect. I'm I'm excited, though. It's a bowl game. That's when it's fun. Those games are when it matters the most. Yeah. Yeah. So we go out there, and I had 100 yards, had the game-winning catch, won MVP of the game. And after that, I never really looked back. I mean, I think I just earned everybody's respect after that game. So we go into, like, my senior year. I'm just balling. I balled my whole senior year. Then it comes to the mm-hmm. end of the year. And uh, like we went undefeated. We go into the playoffs. We lose in the playoffs. And that's when I had to make a decision whether I wanted to leave or come back to school. And, you know, I looked at my options and realized that, you know, it was just time for me to move on. So what left. what was the what was that? Can you take us a little bit more in depth in that? What were those options you were looking at really kind of thinking deeply about that helped you make that decision? Yeah, uh, to be honest, what it comes down, at least for me, I don't know you know, what it is in basketball. But for me, it, it came down to do it. Okay, am I healthy right now? Yes, I'm healthy. Am I confident about what I put on tape this past season? Yeah, I was confident about that. And then it comes down to, okay, wherever I'm projected to go, is it worth me, you know, leaving yeah. college mm-hmm. for? College like, is, for. Is, it, is it enough? And so mm-hmm. for me, it was. I felt, I felt confident where I was going to get drafted at. And, uh, you know, like I said, I just felt confident in myself. So I was ready to leave. I felt that going back to college, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. And as much as I love Notre Dame, I just, you know, I couldn't take that, take that risk. Yeah. No. And what was the projection? Do you remember what you projected that before you entered into the draft? Yeah. So like uh, you get to talk to agents, um, they get like your draft grade. The school gives you the, your draft grade. Like, so Notre Dame gave me my draft grade and I was, I came back as a second round to third round pick. And which is okay. exactly what happened. I went in the third round. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? I really want to like for anyone that's ever played sports, We've all had that dream where your name is called on draft night. Mm-hmm. And I still have dreams about it. Like, you know, I think sometimes I'm, I think I'm at that age again, you know, you never know. <laughs> it's hard for me to accept. It's never going to happen. Especially when I was watching the NFL draft the other day, I was like, man, it'd be crazy if my name was called. <laughs> what was that like? Like really as someone who just grew up playing sports and loving it to, to see, to get that call, to hear your name for that whole thing, take us through it. Well, I think it starts with, so after you make that decision to leave, yeah, I, got, I, I still remember one of my coaches uh, gave me the best advice I ever heard. He said, once you make your decision, never look back. So if you decide to leave school, don't look back on it. Don't ever say like, oh, I wish I could have went back or don't mm-hmm. say like, you know, maybe I should have went back. He said, it's the same thing if you go back to school. You know, don't look halfway through your season and say, man, I should have left. I should have went to the should went to the league. He said, don't, whatever you do, don't look back. And that was the best advice I could have ever got because as soon as I left, they start doubting, like you start doubting, not doubting yourself, but just doubting, like, damn, did I make the right mm-hmm. decision? Like, yeah. maybe I should have went back, you know, because there's, there's so much time between when you leave and the draft. Yeah. And so on draft night, you know, I'm waiting. I knew I wasn't going to be a first round pick, so whatever, watch the first round. Then day two comes. It's, it's just second and third round. So mm-hmm. second round goes by. I had a chance to go in the second round. I didn't go by. I was like, ah, I'm not, not tripping, whatever. You know, I'm going to go. Uh, 
third round is going by slowly but surely. And it just seemed like every team that had a chance to pick me was just, you know, just picking somebody else. They didn't pick a receiver or maybe they picked a different receiver. Yes. And uh, at that time, it was just such a stressful night for me. Like, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people would tell you, like, draft night mm-hmm. is not fun until you get picked. Big nose, yeah. School. It's not a fun experience. Like, so my phone starts ringing and it's an unknown number. And so I pick it up, of course. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> or you that's when don't they answer finally, it. Yeah. That's when they finally <laughs> tell me that they, it was cool because Baltimore's like, yeah, uh, you're not going to see your name for a little bit, but we just traded up to get you. And uh, we traded, we traded up like, 10, 15 spots, and we're, we're getting ready to pick you right now, but you're not going to see it for a while because we had a trade to get you, so whatever. And so at that moment, I was I remember, like, the biggest thing about it was I didn't feel excited in that moment. I felt relieved, like, that, that my name finally got called. <laughs> yeah. So I was just, like, so just relieved. And my mom is crying. Like, my folks is happy, yeah. but I was just relieved. Like, I didn't – it didn't sink in until, like, a couple hours later. Like, I'm like, finally, like, <laughs> man, I'm so happy that I'm, I get a chance to live out my dream. And that's that's the biggest thing for me, man. I don't take – Anytime that I'm in this league for granted, whether I, whether I'm here for a day or I'm here for you know, ten years, you know, like, for me it's just it's a dream. Like I, I get to live yeah. out my dream, and not many people get to sit up here and say that they lived out their dream. So uh, for me, it was extremely humbling, and I, I was just blessed to be in the position I am. So yeah, but <laughs> draft night stressful. It's not in that whole uh, <laughs> in that whole draft night. Are you getting like because I, I talked to some of the uh, Northwestern guys? Are you getting calls like throughout the night from different teams like? Yeah, we're thinking we might take you here. We're thinking about like see, no, because that that stuff doesn't start happening until like day three. So like day three is 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 a shit show because you got you're you're picking from all the way from the fourth round to the seventh round, and then right after mm-hmm. that you got to get the free agents too. Mm-hmm. So you can like if you're if you're going on day three, you literally don't know. And so like that that I knew that I knew that going mm-hmm. into it. So I'm thinking like okay, if I don't go in the third round, there's a chance I can like not get drafted. Yeah. which is not the end of the world, but it's just like you're sitting on pins and needles for three days straight, yeah. like not yeah. knowing what's going to happen to mm-hmm. your future. So it's just a lot of thinking that you're doing when you don't have to be. Cause so I'm sitting there, my phone is silent. Like my agent, not texting me, nothing. <laughs> we just chilling. He's just wait, <laughs> you know, we're confident, be confident in the draft, yeah. be confident in it, be confident in yourself. And finally it just happens. But like, no, man, I, I hear, I hear those type of nightmares, like coaches. And that's what I would hate, man, because I know some of my boys, like they're calling, like coaches are calling them saying like, okay, we're thinking about taking you here. Like, mm-hmm. don't call me unless you're going to pick me because yeah. I got yeah. my whole family. I got my whole family yeah. with me. Don't, Ugh. yeah, don't do all that. And you wait on that one call. And when that one call comes and they're saying, like, oh, we might. Yeah. And that, yeah. that yeah. might is not for certain. Yeah. Exactly, bro. It's terrible. Because that's, bro, that's your life at that point, bro. That's yeah. what you've been waiting your whole life for. And so it's, I, I guess mean, it's, trust yeah. me. Yeah. That's Did you have a big draft party or not? No, man. I was just chilling. So I had – see, I was – bro, knowing me, I played it safe. I went to, like – I went to a restaurant with my family on day two, like, when I thought I was going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Just because I didn't want to be a person who threw a party and not get drafted. Yeah. So then I had a party day three after the draft was over. So I had everything covered. So even if I didn't uh, get drafted and I got picked up as a free agent, I still had a party after all that stuff would have happened. Yeah. So it still would have been, like, exciting. Yeah. You were prepared. <laughs> yeah, man. I was prepared because – I, some crazy stuff happens in the draft, man. So once you got the call and it kind of settled in that this is your new reality, you're a professional football player in the NFL and you're going to the Baltimore Ravens, a Super Bowl contending team with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. Like when did you really start to get excited about, you know, uh, the opportunities and the possibilities that existed by going to a an organization like that? Man, I probably got excited about it probably two days after. 
after that, you still think like, damn, I can't believe like I'm really in the NFL. Like I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe it. Like, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really about to do this. <laughs> you're gonna have a jersey with your name on it. Your, you know, your right. friends and family can buy it. Like it's, I can't imagine how long that takes to to kind of settle in. Yeah, I, it took like two days for me to get those thoughts out of my head. To okay, I'm in the league now. Okay, I gotta, mm-hmm. you know, I gotta go. I gotta go ball, man. This is my job now. I gotta take this. This mm-hmm. a lot, ser- a lot more serious in college. A lot more serious than anything I've done in my life because this right. is my life now. And then, so I fly mm-hmm. out there a week later, have rookie mini camp and, you know, do my thing at rookie mini camp. And I'm just, you know, excited. I'm just blessed, bro. Every time I go out there, I'm just happy to be playing the sport. And then I get hurt. So then I have to set out all the OTAs. And finally, I go into camp and I get to, you know, I, 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 my first practice in camp with like the vets. So, mm-hmm. and ever since then, like I kind of hit the ground running. So for me, it was just, you know, adjusting to how to play with them, how to play on the NFL level. And I'm still adjusting to that to this day. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it was a slower process for me, but. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I don't I don't have any regrets about anything that I've done. I just I love being in Baltimore. I, I love this team and I love playing this game. So, you know, I can never have any regrets. Describe uh, your uh, rookie season to us. Was there a learning curve for you or you for think sure. uh, you, you kind of got right in and, and fit right in? No, for sure. I mean, I started I played every game my rookie year. I started the majority of my games my rookie year. But, you know, it's crazy because it's still an adjustment. It doesn't matter. Like <laughs> I've never been. So my was that my rookie year? Yeah, it was my rookie year. I've only been like, I don't even want to use the word starstruck, but I've only been like, wow, like I'm playing against this person <laughs> yeah. twice. And the first time, both times against the Patriots, which is crazy. The first yeah. time was I'm playing against Tom Brady, and I'm just watching Tom yeah. Brady. But then the second time, which is really what was crazy for me, is Cam Newton. Because Cam Newton was like, that was my idol growing up, bro. Like, yeah. Cam Newton was huge to me. So I'm, 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 I'm really playing against Cam Newton right now. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and you have, yeah. like, little moments like that, like, playing against, like, Richard yeah. Sherman or, like, being on the same field as guys like that. It's, it is, like, crazy. It's like, damn, like, I'm really on the same, like, you know, level as them. Like, I'm playing against these dudes, you know, that I've been watching for so many years. So, for me, I think my rookie year – but to get back to your question, my rookie year was, was great. I mean, shoot, we only lost two games in the regular season. You know, mm-hmm. we thought we were going to win the Super Bowl that year. Ended up losing um, second round of the playoffs. But it was such a learning curve for me just because, you know, I learned how to handle my business in the, in the NFL. Um, I learned how to go about my business. I learned how to be a professional, truly. Um, so, you know, I thought I had a, a great rookie year in terms of what I could learn. And not even about just football, just life, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you learn once you leave college. It's about life in general. So, yeah. Um, That's a huge so part of it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You- I mean, I'm learning about finances. I'm learning about – Of course. Uh, it's crazy. Like, I go to – I went to go get a car, like um, – Probably. Oh man, that man that bought a Lamborghini. I bought a Lamborghini, but I get a car and I'm like, I'm trying to finance it, and they're like, mm-hmm. finance it like you don't have any credit. Yeah, I, was like, I can't buy it. I don't have any credit. I'm thinking like, yo, damn, like I never had a credit card, so of course I don't have any credit. Like, right, I got money, but I don't got any credit. So yeah, like, I had to yeah. buy it straight up. Wow. Like, yeah, and that's something I'm thinking about. Like, wow, like that's really like crazy for me to think about. Like, why did I went to Notre Dame and I didn't know. Why did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people who don't know that stuff too. So that's stuff like people need to learn before you go to like, right. Before you graduate. Like that's, that was huge. Cause if I wasn't in that position, like how else am I going to get a car? You know? Yeah. Like, I was lucky. I just had the money to like be able to afford, to afford it. it. Yeah. Yeah. At that point I was just like, damn, like, that was eye opening to me. Like if, if I was in a different position, this is crazy. Yeah. So no, you know, you got to say what kind of car you get. What was the, what yeah, was the first one? I got, I got, you know, I got to tell I got a Tesla, man. I got a Tesla. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he cares about the environment. It's important. Yep. Sure. Yeah, care about the environment. <laughs> this is just, and this is just funny. This is pro to pro. What was, what was your first like? Oh, pro to pro. 
I guess uh, pro to pro to pro. There we go. Pro to pro to pro. Come on now. I guess um, what was your first kind of like not stupid purchase, but your first like I'm a I I got a little bit of money now. I got I'm gonna treat myself kind of kind of purchase. Man, I would say that's the car, but I didn't even feel like that because I never had a car before. Like in my life, okay. so like I got a car. You needed that. I stats out of way. You yeah. need but a now, car. Yeah, I mean, you need a car, but I just got a nice one. So you're yeah. good. I want to say, man, my first. I wouldn't say it was just one thing because I like I never bought just like one big thing other than my car. But mm-hmm. like I'll just like when I go shopping, I just like get what I want because I I, I budget myself fine. Like I don't. Yeah. That's one thing about, about the pandemic that was good too. Like I had nothing to spend money on. So I just, <laughs> okay, so you've been saving, yeah. I was stacking <laughs> stuff up, man. I just buy stuff. Like I don't know, man. But it it was great because like I, I signed I signed with Nike, so I get mm-hmm. a bunch of Jordans. I get a bunch of Nikes all the time. Yeah. Like so whenever I spend shoes. money, like, I just the things that I want, I just get, man. And I just yeah. I try to I live within. I have my budget. I live within my budget. But I'm trying to think of something that's silly that I got man. that you Big didn't mini. need, and you were like, you know what? Let me Big let me go ahead. You, and get it. Uh, you can tell us of yours, and then that might help Miles. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, tell me yours, and oh <laughs> man, man. What, the worst thing the Magic could have did was 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 sign me and bring me up the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> but uh, and and like you said, like I I have a a pretty like I got a financial advisor, and I got a pretty good uh, system of eighty percent savings and investments, twenty percent kind of like pay your bills, act like a stupid twenty five year old dude, like do what you want with, and. Um, and this is before, like, before I even got my first big check, right? In the NBA, when you go on road trips, like, they give you, a, a like, a per diem. Like, you know, they kind of yeah, give yeah. you money, kind of yeah. eat or whatever with. And I had been saving mine. Like, I just been, like, you know, south side of Chicago. Like, I've eaten Waffle House, um, like, Subway. So, you know, I'm not eating. I'm not going out eating big stuff. So, I, I still got you. money. Like, I'm saving, right? <laughs> I remember you telling so me So, we, we, we're, we're in Atlanta. And um, <laughs> I got just straight cash i got a ton of like this pretty empty saved up i'm like i'm like man you know what and man, on my teammates and, and this is where they get you and uh jake i haven't told you but this is where this is where the pro-life gets you it's not it's usually not you that's just like i need it but when you're with your teammates usually yes. the older ones it's like yes. come on yes. go ahead and go ahead and get it <laughs> so we <laughs> we're, we're at uh, we're in atlanta at the lake small and um my, my teammates are like uh you know you yo Vic, i don't never see you know where i know nice watch or nothing like you know, you need something. So I'm like, I'm like, all right. So, so we go, so we go in the first store, right? Jewelry store. And, and uh, one of my vets kind of, kind of grabs his watch. He's like, yeah, like this is it right here. Right. And I, I put it on, you know, the dude, the dude takes a link out, like, like fits it on me. I'm like, oh, this is nice. And he's like, so should I just ring it up? And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put that oh, on. No. <laughs> 14,000. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and take, take that off. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. It's burning me. Take it off. So I, go, so I run to the Apple store and get an Apple Watch that I'm still using to this day. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this, this $300 right this here. This is my speed. This, yeah, this is, this is me right here. I, I, can't, I can't get no diamond encrusted watch yet. Oh, see, no. See, now that, that, that made me bring up a funny story because it wasn't, it was a stupid purchase because, like, it just, I didn't need it. But mm-hmm. it wasn't that expensive. It was just expensive for like what I bought. Right. So like I was in uh I was in Puerto Rico. Me and my mm-hmm. boy went to Puerto Rico and uh I didn't bring any swim trunks. Like mm-hmm. I, I we, we was at we were staying at his house the night before. You we went to you went to an island and didn't bring swim trunks. Right. So I like my boy like <laughs> my boy that's exactly what my boy said. I said, bro, I'm gonna just buy him there. Yeah. I think I'm balling now. Like, this is my first <laughs> this is my first off season. This is my first off season. Yeah. I'm balling. I'm balling. Right. Whatever. So we get to the store the next day and we just shop and whatever. And uh, I see some swim trunks I like. I don't know anything about these swim trunks. 
I just seen them and I get them. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy these. And my boy's like, so you're not even going like, like you don't even know how much they are. Like, why you just, just don't throw buy in them. the bag? Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you want you want to try them on, see if they fit first. I said, nah, bro, we don't check the price tags anymore. Oh like, my god, just, bro! I was just messing around with them. Oh man, <laughs> I was just messing around. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like the price of this wasn't that much. It was just for swim trunks. Like think about swim trunks. So whatever, yeah. I'm going. You know, I ring them up. I'm looking at my boy, like laughing and stuff like that. Like I don't care about this. Blah blah. blah. So she's like, yeah, that'll be like three hundred. I said, what? Three hundred bucks and three hundred on some swim trunks, but at, but at this point it was too far for me to back down and be like, yeah, yeah. I, I ain't gonna return them to the. You have been talking that big game. We don't look at price tags. Three hundred. Well, I, I feel like I know. Hard. I know the brand. I feel like Liverpool <laughs> or whatever. I didn't see. No, I don't even know. I, this, I don't, don't even know. know. I don't even know where they are now. Like, oh, I'm at you. my house in Illinois now. Oh, the man said he don't even oh. know where they are. Man. <laughs> but yeah, that was that 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 hurt that day because I was just thinking like, man, I could have spent that three hundred on something like so much better than that than swim trunks. On an Apple Watch, you could got an Apple Watch. I could have got an Apple Watch, man. But at that time, three hundred on swim trunks, like I could have spent okay. fifty dollars on some swim trunks and they would have looked the yeah. same. Like, don't nobody be like, oh, yeah. those are some fire ass swim trunks. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. Oh, I, mean, I don't have I don't have vices though, Jake. Like, I don't have I, I'm a shoe guy, so I, I guess like. I spend money on shoes and like. No, you spend your money bro. on Fortnite skins. You spend your money on Fortnite. That's, oh, let's be honest. Lord. Oh, and let's I'm, I'm really honest. You if gamer. we had to be I'm brutally honest, honest, what I spend all my money on is clothes. Like it has to be clothes and Jordans, like specialty shoes. <laughs> oh, oh, funny story. Here we, here we go. Here's a funny story. Here's a money thing. And so we're in Melbourne this past uh, like like month, and uh, I had always wanted the Dior Lows, right? Always wanted them. Like that was like the shoe I wanted. Like it's my, my dream shoe. And so I go in the store with my, my teammate Tamri. Um, and we're we're looking at them and I and I see him and I'm like, yo, there they go. Like I, I don't I've never like, you know, they're never at stores. It's always sold out in America. Like, yo, there they are. I want them, right? And so we, we go up to him and the and the dude's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifteen hundred. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna get him. Like, I'll get him, right? So Fifteen hundred, that's nice. Like that's that's what I'm saying, right? So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get them. And so I, I look at the size and they're all in the, in the European size. And it says a 46. And, you know, I'm Googling it, trying to see, like, is that a 13? I ask guys, is this American 13? He's like, yeah. And he's kind of kind of gives me like one of those. Yeah, because he wants the commission off the sale. So he's like, yeah, yeah, you can try it on if you want, right? So he gives me like the thin store like sock, like the almost yeah, a pantyhose yeah. cut into yeah. a sock. So I put them on and, you know, like, I probably like my mind is just like like I got my shoes like yeah like they fit I'm taking them when I tell you I put on like some like and and the show is gonna kill me for this but I put on like some elites and like try to put them on like like when I get back to the to the hotel room you know like like a, like a straight hooper right I get some elites on and try to put them on Miles when I tell you my feet are screaming in these shoes <laughs> I went there with my boy he's like he's like. He's looking down at the shoe and looks back at me. Like, damn. And he's like, yeah, I, those might have to go back, huh? I'm like, nah, nah, I gotta keep now. Nah, now nah, I gotta eat it. <laughs> I we didn't just go 30 minutes down the street. You kept them. I still got them. Of course I kept them. I'm going, I'm gonna have to buy some socks that's like this thin now <laughs> just to keep wearing them. That's the question. Have you worn them? So I so I sucked it up and wore them at that game because I was out. So I wore them at that game that they played against Melbourne. And I uh on the bench tears in my forming in my eyes like i, like I had to take them off halfway through the game like i'm on the on the bench just socks i'm like bro these these shoes these these ain't it. oh no they might just oh, go on a mantle at the crib oh no I feel, I'm, I'm the same way with shoes man i 
I love shoes. Like my probably my favorite pair is probably my my uh Travis Scott Air Force Ones, man. That's probably my mm-hmm. favorite pair. The lows like, are the highest. Lows, lows. Yeah. I don't even know how we got on onto this this shoe <laughs> tangent, but but we're running out of time a little bit. So before we do, I wanted to there's one more thing I want to ask you about, you know, the football experience. What was it like when you got your first catch in a game? And what was it like to get your first touchdown? <laughs> That's a great question because my first catch was my first touchdown. So there you go. My first game. <laughs> we were playing Miami. Your uh, first man, game man. and your first catch was a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Wow. Man, my uh, we're playing Miami. And like I said, so I, I started this game. First game, rookie year, I'm starting. And it's crazy because this is the hottest game I ever played in. So before the game even starts, like, our head coach, Coach Harbs, is, like, telling everybody, like, hey, guys, we don't want you out there for warm-ups long. Like, you know, it's, it's hot out there. You guys are going to be warm. You'll be fine. Like, just go light in warm-ups. Man, I was out there in warm-ups going 110 miles per hour, bro. It's, it's my <laughs> first game, bro. I'm damn near cramping coming back inside yeah. for the warm-up. Coming back inside from the warm-up. And we start off, and this was, like, the craziest game I played in my career because we blew them out. Like, it wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. And I think I scored. I think I scored my touchdown in the second quarter, and I, I might have put us up by like forty, like at that at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> by the end of the first quarter, I didn't know how I could play anymore. But I went back to the bench. Like um, my coach is like, "How you doing? How you doing out there?" I was like, "Coach, you know, it's hot out here. The heat <laughs> index had to be like over a hundred. It's humid in Miami, like you already yeah. know. And it's the yeah. first game of the season, so it was in I think August. So yeah. it was hot. And on top of that, yeah, your man. first game, so you already you already like super yeah. hyped and excited to try exactly. and run around out there. Yeah. Ain't no reason why I need to be going 110 percent warm up. <laughs> I know damn well I was warm already. Yeah. <laughs> I was too warm. But uh, no, I still remember the route. Like it was like an in and out. So I, I shook him at the top of the at the top of the route, ran back out, and Lamar threw it back inside. So I dished back inside. Like, caught it. They called a flag on the play actually too, and I thought it was on us. So I was gonna be so mad. Like my first, I, don't take my first touchdown away. Well, it was yeah. a tease, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even I didn't even celebrate it because I just saw the flag. I was like, man, damn, bro. But no, I scored, but it was it was hype, bro. I, and all my like my whole family was there. Like my boys traveled to that game. Yeah. I loved it, man. It was awesome. I'll never forget that. It's incredible, man. You're gonna have plenty more touchdown catches. So you know, absolutely, we'll be watching. <laughs> that's the plan. Yeah, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. It was before, fun. Before before we get out of here, Vic has a question for you. Are we doing the Mount Rushmore? You gotta do the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, we we got since he's a football player, we gotta do both of them. Uh, oh, okay. First right. question uh, will be. Uh, as a wide receiver in the NFL, who are the three wide receivers that you kind of look at that are like, man, these dudes are, you know, they kind of do it the right way. They're at the pinnacle of their game right now. Right now, like in the league right now? Yep, in the or, league right now. In the league oh, right man. now. Man, okay. I got to go, uh, I got to go Julio. Okay. I got to go D Hop. And see, that third one is so hard because there's so many other people on there. That's, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Mike Thomas. So mm. when you see these guys play, are you just like, damn. That's a good route. Like, do you ever find yourself like, man, that's good? I do, but I don't say it out loud. I can't. No, no, obviously, obviously, <laughs> obviously. I remember when I was when I would watch the games last year, and I was like, so I, huge Kawhi guy. Like, when we played them. Um, and I'm I'm a, it's a fierce competitor. Like, I always, you know, um, whoever I want to play, I want to destroy. But I've always loved like Kawhi's game, and just watching them out there. Sometimes I'm like, I'm I'm up there looking at my my other team, and I'm like, damn, that was a good move. <laughs> yo, I hope we miss it, but yo, that was a good move. Uh, second question: Your Mount Rushmore of basketball, top four all time, all time. 
Yep. And they have to be in order. There's no shortcut. And we don't do the, I ah, no order, you know, no order. Just kind of nah. top four, best four all time. Okay. Uh, my first, my top two are easy, bro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take MJ. Then I'm gonna take LeBron. The only reason why LeBron is second, but because his career is not done yet. Like, so I. Can't, well, you're from Chicago, I, two miles. Though. Let me, let me go ahead and say that. Too. <laughs> hold on, hold on. But yeah, yeah, I am. But you man, Chicago fans are delusional sometimes, bro. They delusional sometimes in ev- in every sport. Not wrong. Every sport. Well, that's true. Not wrong. He's not wrong. Right. He's not. But he saw Last Dance too. All I'm say is Last Dance was a thing. You're from Chicago. And it's Mike. I think that's my only argument I need to make about Mike. But see, I'm not. See, I'm, I'm. I'm. Here's my problem, bro. When people talk about Mike, they act like he was just perfect. Like, like he, there wasn't. They act like he was flawless, bro. And that's not true. Right. That's not true. true. We get at that. We get into that another day. Yeah. <laughs> that's not true. But I'm gonna still put MJ top. MJ still won. MJ okay, still fair won. enough. Then, like I said, I'm gonna go LeBron. I'm gonna go Kareem. Okay, and this this is where it get hard for me, man. This tough, man. man. The, because the like, I, I, think, I think after I think for me after those three, I think like everybody had their moment. Because I think like to me, like Shaq is one of the most dominant players to ever play. So like, I want to put Shaq, there. but then I want to put like Magic because like he did, he was transcended to the game. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, there's so many, you know. And that's why it's a toss up. But you know, I'll, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Shaq. I'm gonna go with Shaq. Fair enough. Good. Jake, do no, we want to do a refresher and say yours? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. The fans have the fan. Come on, Jake. The, the viewers mine's have not Kobe, heard. Mine's, mine's just Kobe, 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 Kobe. And that's it. Oh, Please he go is. Kobe. He's from L.A. though. He's from L.A. Yeah, yeah, that, he, makes he, sense. that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I, I, it, it's just different for me. You know, I just grew up watching him, and it was just it there is. was nothing like it for me. But that's how, so that's, that's so. how we feel about D. Rose. Yeah. You know what? Tell me that D. Rose might have not been the best point guard to ever exist. And we have – yeah, we had uh, someone on the show earlier that said D Rose was like a favorite player, and I I respect that. If you're from Chicago, D Rose is your guy. I totally respect that. So yeah, well, I mean, sure. the thing is, Jake, you could have said Shaq at four, like you could have been a Kobe, 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 Shaq. <laughs> I, you know, I thought about it, but I said Kobe. Kobe deserved the fourth place vote. Too. As a Lakers fan, you have like six all time greats on that that I in know, that franchise. I know. That's not my that's not my real. You could have said LeBron too. I mean, hey, like LeBron I, isn't a Laker. No, 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 no. no because right Lakers now. fans always go low key hate LeBron, man. They have him right now, but they don't really claim uh, him. That's true. I appreciate that's him. True. I do claim him, but Kobe. It's just, <laughs> it's just. Again, right now, how I feel, I'm just so appreciative for everything I got to experience watching Kobe as a kid. Absolutely. That like yeah. it. Obviously, that's not my real list, but that's just my emotional uh, biased Lakers delusional list so and that's one Vic wanted to hear anyways but again miles thank you so much for joining the show uh look thank forward you to having you back on man no thank you bro i appreciate y'all having me it was fun so absolutely of course good luck this season man yep all right thanks boss take care This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio. Sound editing by Rashad Allen. Music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.